0: Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is The Max McGuire Show.
1: This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come
0: on, man. Get ready, because The Max McGuire Show starts right
1: now. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Oh. That was a little strange. I accidentally just said the Conservative Daily Podcast. The Max McGuire Show. That's amazing how something can just be ingrained in you and it accidentally comes out. <laughs> the Max McGuire Show. <laughs> not the Conservative Daily Podcast. Max McGuire Show. That's funny. I have a feeling that's not going to be the last time that that happens. You do something for eight years. It becomes second nature. So, no, this is the Max McGuire Show. Um, new ta- New Schedule starting this week every day, Monday through Friday, still 1 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you set your, your calendars, your, your reminders for that. Last week it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So tune in for that. If you haven't already, subscribe to the audio edition of the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all great places. Links are in the description. Got a lot to talk about today. Not sure if it's going to be an hour. I'm going to try and keep this as concise as possible. Joe Biden did something absolutely terrible last week. He rescinded Title 42. This was a Trump era order that had restricted uh, immigrants from entering the country due to the pandemic by claiming that they posed a risk uh, to spread communicable diseases. This was an order that came down through the Trump administration, giving Border Patrol the power to instantly deport illegal aliens. And the actual statutory language comes from this section of the U.S. Code, which is on the screen, 42 U.S.C. Section 265, Suspension of Entries and Imports from Designated Places to Prevent the Spread of Communicable Diseases. Whenever the Surgeon General determines that by reason of the existence of any communicable disease in a foreign country, there is a serious danger of the introduction of such disease into the United States, and that this danger is so increased by the introduction of persons or property from such country that suspension of the right to introduce such persons and property is required in the interest of the public health, the Surgeon General, in accordance with regulations approved by the President, shall have the power to prohibit in whole or in part the introduction of persons and property from such countries or places as he shall designate in order to avert such danger and for such period of time as he may deem necessary for such purpose." End quote. As I said, if um if it's determined that immigration poses a risk of spreading disease in the United States, which there was a risk of that, frankly there's always a risk of that, the Surgeon General and the President can work together to invoke this part of the US code. Now, what this does is it gives Border Patrol an extra tool in their toolbox. They no longer are bound by other rulings that that courts might have put down, um, like the Flores Settlement, which is back from, I believe, the 1980s, Um, the Flores Settlement, things like that. They are no longer bound to it. In the name of public health, they can immediately deport someone. And they don't even require to detain them and then bring them before an immigration judge. This fast tracks that process says, nope, there's a pandemic, can't come in, turn around. And we actually do have video of of this in action. I'm going to turn this volume down. You can see here on the bridge, going back into Mexico, border patrol agents are literally turning illegal aliens around and sending them back across the bridge. They're not even getting into the United States. They're just being turned around. This is the power that Title 42 gave Border Patrol agents. I cannot stress enough how disastrous lifting this order will be. Border Patrol is already warning that there is going to be a deluge, an invasion, doubling, tripling the number of illegal aliens crossing per day. Unsustainable. And it's not necessarily what Title 42 does. It's what the rest of the world... How they interpret Title 42, just like so many uh, parts of Biden's policy, once it reaches Central America, once it reaches uh, South America, people there believe it's just a get out of jail free card. They believe that the border has been opened, even if that's technically not the case. Lifting this order, once it reaches people, and believe me, it doesn't have to travel far, there's hundreds of thousands of migrants already on the Mexican side just waiting for this opportunity. People who are sent back for the Remain in Mexico policy or who are already deported, multiple times under this program, they are sitting there waiting for their opportunity to cross again, and that opportunity is now going to come sooner rather than later because Biden has rescinded this order. I want to show you the pressure that was on the Biden administration to rescind Title 42. This is from Corey Bush, Congresswoman. She writes on Twitter, let's be clear, Title 42 was never about public health. It was the brainchild of Stephen Miller to push anti-Black immigrant violence It should have been rescinded a long time ago. Our work to save black lives will always include black immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers, end quote. So lots to unpack from this, but this is the kind of of nonsense that liberal activists, leftist um, politicians were putting, the kind of pressure they were putting on the Biden administration to lift Title 42. Cori Bush is claiming that it is racist against black people. There is an undeniable fact that illegal immigration hurts the black community. It depresses wages in inner cities because it encourages the influx of un- untrained or unskilled laborers who would more often than not compete against African-American job applicants. Lots of studies have been done to suggest that illegal immigration suppresses African-American wages. And if you want to bring wages up in inner city communities and minority communities, one of the easiest ways to do it is to stop bringing in low or no skill workers to compete with them for jobs. It seems very obvious, but here you can see that Cory Bush is wrapping this all up in this racism bit claiming that it's racist to secure our border. It's racist to stop people from entering the country, potentially with communicable diseases. I mean, that part is, is, is known. We've known for over a year, two years even, that illegal aliens were entering the country with COVID. We know that. We know that they were being put on public transportation systems with COVID. I dare you to try and fly commercially in this country and let the gate agent know that you have COVID symptoms. Watch how quickly they stop you from boarding that flight. And yet, under the Biden administration, if you were an illegal alien being transported around the country, you were encouraged to take public transportation. You were encouraged to go to transportation hubs where you would be more likely to spread the disease. We know that, the, that COVID-19 doesn't hurt most people. It's very easy to get over for most people. But there is a subset of our population, the elderly, those with immunodeficiencies, who are at serious risk if they contract the disease. For Biden to literally send these people around the country knowing that they are COVID positive is a crime. I mean, it's unknowable. We will never know how many Americans have died through the spread of, the infect- of this infectious disease through Biden's immigration policies. But I bet you was a non-zero number. I cannot tell you it's zero. Chances are it is not zero. Chances are it is greater than one. It'll ultimately be unknowable. The the days of contact tracing are long past us, but the number still exists. So when you see this 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 Title 42 order, it was designed to keep Americans safe. It was not racist. This dates back all the way to 1944. It's a World War II era statute. Donald Trump didn't invent it at thin air. And this is something we saw so often with the left's misinterpretation, fake news about the Trump administration, is they would take old laws that have been on the books for a long time, and anytime Donald Trump tried to uh, reimpose them, reinvigorate them, they would claim that it was suddenly racist, that it was suddenly, suddenly radical, that he had taken something created at thin air when it's been on the books for over half a century, three, three quarters of a century. I want to show you the order that came down last week. This came down from Rochelle Walensky, who is the director for the Center of Disease Control, Centers for, uh, for Disease Control and Prevention. She says, quote, with this termination, I hereby determine that the danger of further introduction, transmission or spread of COVID-19 into the United States from covered non-citizens, as defined in the August order, has ceased to be a serious danger to the public health and therefore the continuation of the August order and all previous orders issued under the same authority is no longer necessary to protect public health. Nothing in this termination will prevent me from issuing a new order, yada, yada, yada. Signed, Rochelle Walensky. That line though, it has ceased to be a serious danger. Notice that that logic is not found in any of the other government pandemic regulations that are still on the books. You will notice that you still cannot fly on an airplane with a mask, even though the Centers for Disease Control uh, Director, Ms. Walensky, even though she said there's no longer a risk of serious danger, serious transmission through, through people entering the country, if you want to fly around the country, you still must wear a mask. You can see Anthony Fauci says that the surge in, in uh, variant BA2 will determine the timeline for masks on planes and trains. So they're not even, they don't even have a date set. They're still saying this is going to be indefinite. And you can see this headline, the pandemic is not over. Washington officials say Omicron's BA2 subvariant, now the dominant strain. So they're already pumping up this fear mongering. They're pumping up the fear mongering that this is going to still, the pandemic's not over. Give us your rights. You still can't, still can't go on a school bus, little children, without a mask. That's a Department of Transportation order. Can't fly in an airplane without a mask. Can't go on a train. Can't go on an interstate bus. Can't go inside of a government building without a mask. Look at the vaccines. The emergency use authorization. That's still in place. In order for emergency use authorization to be valid, there has to be a risk. There has to be a threat. A serious danger. You cannot have vaccines on the market under emergency use authorization if the Center for Disease Control director just said, and I quote, it ceased to be a serious danger to public health. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to say the border's wide open. Come on, in, illegal aliens. There's no more pandemic. But for you, Mr. Citizen, Mrs. Citizen, pandemic's still alive and well, and you cannot have your rights back. You cannot have your liberties back. Notice how they are not stripping the emergency use authorization for any of this, whether it be the treatments, whether it be the masks, whether it be the N95, the KN95s, whether it be the the vaccines. Nope, it's all still in effect. They are still operating under the direction that the pandemic is alive and well, and it's a serious danger to our public health. Meanwhile, at the border, they're saying exactly the opposite. This is how they've been addressing this from the very beginning. We've known that. We've known that they've always treated illegal aliens differently than Americans. And surprisingly, Americans have been the ones treated as second-class citizens. But now they actually have it in writing. Now they actually have it in writing that illegal aliens can just come on in. So what's this going to do? This is expected to lead to a surge, a surge in illegal immigration at the border, because people who were not protected by other asylum laws are now going to be able to rush the border. Predominantly, that's going to be um, adult age males, males without children, males who are not part of family units. They're the ones who have been instantly deported under Title 42 the most, because if you show up with a child, if you show up with a family unit, um, if you're an unaccompanied child, there are rules and regulations to stop Border Patrol from just turning a child around saying, walk into Mexico, even if they're not Mexican. There's a little bit more regulations for it. They can still expedite their removal under Title 42, but they can't just do a complete about face and send them on their way. It's the adult age males, not part of family units that are going to now be able to claim asylum with uh, Title 42 abolished. I want to play this clip from, I believe it's Fox News, warning that it's going to increase, increase the rush of illegal aliens at the border. From 7,000 a day in one sector, what it is now, to estimate it's going to go to over 18,000 a day. Let's go ahead and play cut one.
0: With more from there. Bill, good morning.
2: Bill, good morning to you. That DHS projection you just mentioned is absolutely jaw-dropping. 18,000 a day would be catastrophic, not just for Border Patrol, but border communities, especially when you think about the fact that right now Border Patrol is averaging 7000 a day and they are already overwhelmed and over capacity particularly because of big groups like this. If we can show you this video right here, we just got this in from Texas DPS from one of their helicopters showing a massive illegal crossing right here in Eagle Pass, Texas a few days ago. You'll see those migrants using a rope or a line to get across the river in uh, mass and then eventually uh, it's more than 100 of them who make it across into the United States. This is Del Rio sector where we are and uh, Uh, This sector is averaging upwards of 1,500 illegal crossings every single day. They are repeatedly encountering large groups like the one you're looking at right now. And just since October 1st, a DHS source tells me in this sector alone there have been more than 193,000 illegal crossings. Those numbers up 183 percent. Another piece of video we want to show you. Take a look at this. This is wild. This is the aftermath of a human smuggler pursuit crash. the Laredo area. What you're seeing is Texas DPS and Border Patrol responding. The car is on fire. The smuggler told troopers he had a woman zipped up inside of a duffel bag inside of that vehicle that was on fire. So the troopers and the agents immediately get into that car, pull the duffel bag out, zip it open into their shock. There was a woman inside of that duffel bag. She would have burned alive. They saved her life. We can pull up a photo of her real quick. This is that woman right after she was unzipped out of the bag. We had to mute some of the video because the agents were so shocked and were cursing because they were so horrified at what they just saw. And back out here live, Bill, that projection, DHS saying potentially 18,000 a day. 18,000. As I mentioned off the top, that would be well more than double what they're already encountering. Right now, we'll Uh, send it back to you. It just doesn't
1: get any better by the day. Thanks, Bill Malusion, back in Eagle Pass. So, 18,000 a day. Just think about that. They're they're currently experiencing at the border 7,000 a day apprehensions. That doesn't include getaways. That's apprehensions. 7,000 up to 18,000 a day. They're already forced to, they they already can't even handle 7,000. 18,000, I cannot stress enough how big of an invasion how big of an invasion this would be. But the administration says that they are following the science. They're saying that the science demands that they let these people in. Let's play this. Cut three.
3: When it comes to Title 42, all along we've been following the science. That's what this is about. So when uh, the, the CDC and others uh, conclude that the science doesn't, uh, doesn't warrant that, uh, as is now happening, uh, then we'll, we'll take action. Here's my focus uh, and uh, the vice president's focus as well. Uh, we're focused on uh, making sure that people throughout our hemisphere have opportunities at home going forward so they're not faced with this, uh, this really hard choice of leaving everything behind and trying to come to the United States. So building that kind of opportunity, creating what uh, one of my colleagues has called a right to remain is, is our focus. In the nearer term, the focus I have is um, trying to make sure that transit countries in particular um, uh, take, take steps, steps to, to uh, uh, make sure that uh, it uh, that that folks who might come or try to come to the United States through their countries uh, can't do that. So that's what I'm focused on.
1: So Donald Trump did all that. That was part of his policy. They've rescinded those policies. You see, this is something that the Biden administration does very, very well. They rescind Trump administration policies. And then when those policies that were keeping us safe, that were helping Americans go away, they then claim that there is a massive crisis that only they can fix. They, they rewrap the Trump administration policy into their own wrapping paper, hand it to you and say, congratulations, we fixed the problem. Well, that's kind of like an arsonist calling 911 and expecting a medal. No, you, you lit the fire. You don't get a key to the city because you called the fire department to put it out. But that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing with things like insulin. Remember that Donald Trump had implemented executive orders designed to lower the price of insulin. I believe it was going to be $35. Um, There was going to be a cap. Joe Biden came into office and rescinded that Donald Trump order. All of a sudden, the prices of insulin spiked through the roof. All the fact checkers said it had nothing to do with him rescinding the cost capping executive order from Trump. And then what did you see during the State of the Union? Joe Biden saying that his administration is is implementing changes. And sure enough, Congress passed a law to basically codify Donald Trump's executive order into law, capping it. Biden took a victory lap and says, congratulations, I fixed your problem. Again, it was only a problem because he caused it by rescinding Trump's executive order. Same goes for the border. The border is out of control. The border is out of control because Joe Biden keeps rescinding Trump-era orders designed to secure it. It should not come as a surprise that when you deliberately unsecure, de-secure the border, you experience an invasion of illegal immigration. Chip Roy, congressman from Texas, is pissed about this. Most legislators from Texas, uh, from, from the border area, Democrats included, are furious about this. I want to play this clip from Chip Roy on the floor of the House of Representatives. Let's play cut two.
0: Uh, As we sit here in the chamber of the United States House of Representatives today, the Secretary of Homeland Security has announced that he is ready to end the use of Title 42 on our southern border. This as we speak, while in March, we've had 100,000 apprehensions in the first half of the month, barreling towards 200,000, of which half have been able to be turned away under Title 42. When the Secretary ends Title 42, there will be a deluge at our southern border. This is known, which is evidenced by the fact that the Secretary is already working with FEMA behind the scenes and quietly to deal with the emergency that is no doubt about to occur at our southern border. This is going to cause massive injury to migrants, cartels empowered, Americans endangered, fentanyl pouring across our border, all because the Secretary refuses to do his job. This is a unexcusable, Dereliction of duty by the Secretary of Homeland Security. It is an impeachable act to not carry out his constitutional duty to defend the border of the United States. I would urge my colleagues to join together to condemn the Secretary, condemn the administration, and demand that the Secretary actually do his job to secure the border and not end Title 42, even as Americans continue to wear masks on airplanes during a public health emergency. I yield back.
1: It's common sense. It's common sense. When you put your hand on that Bible and you raise your hand and you swear that you will faithfully execute the duties of the office that you are being entrusted with, that includes, for the Secretary of Homeland Security, securing the border, keeping us safe, allowing politics to intervene, allowing politics to guide decision-making when you know the outcome will be catastrophic is unacceptable. This is absolutely an impeachable offense. And I I believe that when Republicans win, it's looking like in the polling that Republicans are going to win back the House in November, though never underestimate the ability for the GOP to F things up and ruin a good thing. It looks like they're going to win, Already we are hearing from people like Chip Roy and other conservatives that their first order of business should be to impeach Mayorkas, who is the Secretary of Homeland Security. That is doable. You can do that. It's not just a president who can be impeached. You can also impeach cabinet members and judges and justices, pretty much anyone that Congress is responsible with um, with com- confirming, whether it be a justice, a judge, a cabinet official, plus the president and vice president. They can be impeached. They can be voted out by Congress. There's going to be a big push to go after the people responsible for this, the ones that are political appointments and did have congressional confirmation. The amazing thing is he's not alone. And as I said, there are now 13 states, sorry, three states, Republican states, that are suing to end and stop the Biden administration from canceling Title 42. Arizona, Louisiana, Missouri, those are the three states. I expect that more will follow suit. Absolutely incredible, this, this line from Fox News I'm reading right now, Yuma, Arizona border encounters jumped by more than 1,100%. But it's not just Republicans. We also know that Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin has said that Biden's repeal of Title 42 is a, quote, frightening decision. I want to read the full quote for you. Oh, it's just he says it's a frightening decision. Says Title 42 has been an essential tool in combating the spread of COVID-19 and controlling the influx of migrants at our southern border. We are already facing unprecedented increase in migrants this year, and, I, and that will only get worse if the administration ends the Title 42 policy. Not just Manchin, though. Kirsten Cinema and Kelly, Senator Kelly, both from Arizona, have, according to <laughs> 12 News, they ripped the White House, ripped the White House's decision to lift. The, the Title 42 restrictions. Here's what I think. If you're a Democrat in the Senate and you believe that what Joe Biden is doing is unacceptable, if you understand that it is going to destroy not just your state, but the country, there's a very easy way for you to force Biden to turn around and stop it. Remember, Katanji Brown-Jackson, Joe Biden's radical nominee, she is racing vote. They just had a hearing today on her confirmation in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Right now, she has the votes because people like Joe Manchin, people like Kelly, Cinema in the Senate, Democrat senators, have said they're voting yes. Actually, I don't think Kirsten Cinema has, has yet decided, announced. But as I said um, last week on the podcast, of the last 42 judges, they have come up for a vote of Biden judges that have come up for a vote. Kirsten Sinema has voted yes. So it seems like it's a given. One way for these three Democrat senators to force Biden to stop this is would be to withhold their vote from his Supreme Court nominee. Now, I do not think she should be on the bench. I do not think she should be anywhere near the Supreme Court. But if you are one of these Democrats who understands that this Title 42 revocation is going to destroy the country, don't they, they can't pretend like they have no tools they can't pretend that they can't stop it because they can they can re- refrain from voting for Katanji brown jackson it's an easy thing i mean republicans did this all the time to donald trump they refused to vote for certain nominees unless trump did x y and z they held them up in committee democrats do it all the time to republicans this is doable but no, what you hear from Democrats is they have to come out against it, because otherwise they'd be seen also as being soft on immigration. So they want that talking point. They want that to be in the local newspaper. But they're not actually willing to do anything about it. Joe Manchin is not willing to do anything about it. Kirsten Sinema is not willing to do anything about it. They're just going to, quote, rip, and quote, the White House. That's all they're going to do. Oh, we already played this one. Um... So the numbers, I just want to show you the numbers of just how big of an increase we're talking about already at the border. This is from uh, Bill Malugan, who, who reports on, on this for uh, Bill Fox LA, at Bill Fox LA. He says, breaking, breaking three high-level CBP and Border Patrol sources tell me that there have been over 300,000 recorded godaways since October 1st, including more than 62,000 just in the month of March. That's 2,000 per day. I'm told the true number is even higher. These are only known, and this is important. So when we talk about Border Patrol apprehensions, that those numbers typically do not include getaways, gotaways, people that the Border Patrol was pursuing but couldn't catch, they got away. Apprehensions include the people that Border Patrol apprehended. So the gotaways has always been an unknown number. We don't really know how many. We know it's big. Recorded gotaways have usually been smaller because Border Patrol, once they're on your tail... It's very hard for you to shake them, right? Border Patrol, they have, they have uh, thermal cameras, right? They have infrared cameras. They have, uh, they have dogs. They have all these different tools and technologies at their disposal. Once they're onto you, once they're on the scent, once they're following you, it's very hard for you to get away. That number has always been small. But we're saying that this fiscal year, which started October 1st, there have been 300,000 recorded getaways, gotaways, Those are people that Border Patrol started trying to apprehend and failed to do so. 300,000. And in March, in the lead up to this, to the announcement of Biden rescinding this, there are 62,000. Why is this number significant? Because under Obama, under the early part of the Biden administration, people didn't run away from Border Patrol. There was no need. The way that the, the the catch and release system was designed, the way that they have interpreted and enforced the asylum laws, as long as you show up at the border and you claim, I fear for my life, don't send me back, under Biden and Obama's catch and release rules, they would basically just set you free, give you a court date, maybe it has a date, maybe it doesn't, say, hey, please show up to court so you can deport yourself, and they set you free. Obviously, the Ill- illegal aliens don't show up to their own deportation hearing. They largely <laughs> skip it. But that's what catch and release is. So why would they run? I mean, we we saw what was happening last year, how illegal aliens were being put up in hotels, how illegal aliens were being given free medical care, free hygiene supplies, free food. Why would an illegal alien run from that? Why would they run from being put up in a hotel? Why would they run from being given a free plane ticket anywhere in the country they wanted or a bus ticket or train ticket anywhere in the country they wanted? The reason being that they are not, they don't qualify for asylum. These are likely people who have already been deported. Therefore, this would be a felony re-entry. These are likely people that have criminal records. These are likely human smugglers, drug smugglers, other undesirables, people that we don't want in the country because they're bad hombres. To to borrow a Donald Trump term. These are bad hombres. Only the bad hombres are the ones running away from Border Patrol. Everyone else is deliberately turning themselves in. Because they want to get the free stuff. So to see that spike in March. To see the spike up to 62,000. gotaways, People deliberately running because they knew. That if Border Patrol got wind of who they actually were. They'd be in serious trouble. That is more concerning than anything else we've already talked about today. And those are the kind of people that would be allowed to game the system if Title 42 does end up being rescinded the way that Biden is planning to do. So I want to give one last bit of of information. This came from Fox. I just want to show you the discrepancy, the the change. I mentioned this earlier with the Yuma-AZ sector. In fiscal year 2021, that's October 1, 2020, through the end of September, 2021, there were 9,732 border encounters. That's not apprehensions, that's encounters. So that includes apprehensions plus getaways. 9,700 in Yuma, Arizona sector. Fast forward one year to the next fiscal year under Joe Biden 118,887 encounters. Combination of getaways plus apprehensions up from 9,700 to almost 119,000 encounters, an increase of 1,121.6%. And that, my friends, is with Title 42 intact. It went up over 1,100% with Title 42 still implemented. When that gets rescinded, this area of the border it's going to be a full-fledged invasion. It already is. Jumping from 9,700 to almost 119,000. That's already as close to an invasion as you can get. But realize they're, they're warning <clears throat> that daily border crossings will jump, will more than double, almost triple. So what do you think that's going to do for that number? It's going to double, almost triple. We don't know who any of these people are. They don't have necessarily skills that can aid the United States. They are not coders. They are not programmers. They are not mechanics or engineers. They're not doctors. They're not lawyers. For a large part, they are unskilled or low-skilled workers. And again, who does that hurt the most? That hurts our minority communities the most, who have a large percentage of of them are looking for jobs that are either no-skill or low-skill jobs. So again, to go, back, to go back to Cori Bush saying that it's, it's racist against black people to secure the border, no, it's the, it's the kindest thing you can do for the African American community because it ensures they are not now competing against illegal aliens willing to do the work for less. But that's where we're at. Title 42 is gone. Obviously, there are Republican states who are suing to stop this, and I expect more will join. You don't just have to be a border state to understand how bad this is. What we're probably going to see are more flights. Realize the only reason that that family units have been such a large percentage of border crossings is because you couldn't just cross as a as a just single adult male. You couldn't. Right. You weren't allowed. If you were president, send you back. This, This is going to have catastrophic effects on this country. And, and none of this is, is unknown. This is completely predictable. They know this is going to happen. They know it. Border Patrol knows it. Department of Homeland Security knows it. And yet they're saying, nope, we have to do it anyway. Why? Because liberal uh, immigration activists are demanding it. They're demanding it. They won't, really, they won't end the prohibitions facing Americans. They won't give you your rights back. Right, but they will let illegal aliens enter the country en masse. Incredibly depressing. There's still, we still can fight against it, right? I mean, Congress can stop this. As I said earlier, all of those Democrat senators, if they don't want this, they can stop it. They do have the power. They do have the power to place a hold on everything until this is re implemented or until the border is secured. So if you live in Arizona, if you live in, um, uh, West Virginia. If you live in any of these other states with Democrat senators who are concerned about the border or Democrat congressmen or congresswomen who are concerned about the border because they they exist too. Lots of Democrats in Texas, not a ton, but lots of Democrats uh, legislators in Texas are blowing the whistle on this. They are freaking out because they know this is going to be the end For the Democrats and even on MSNBC, even MSNBC is starting to admit that even though it hasn't been a hot, a a top of mind issue all year, that immigration is going to be what they call, quote, a thorny issue for Democrats. Let's go ahead and play cut four.
3: title 42. What does this mean? It was a CDC rule, Leanne, that essentially allowed for Border Patrol to anybody who was coming across the border sent up sent back immediately due to COVID due to health protocols. We know immigration advocates are like this is stop this this is terrible. You have others that say well okay but we don't have a plan to do with this like uh, um, uh in order to lift it now. Uh how thorny is this going to get?
0: extremely thorny and that is an understatement. <laughs> so, people who are running for re-election, especially this is going to be difficult for them, Democrats, you have Senator Mark Kelly in Arizona, Katherine Cortez Masto in Nevada, two key states as far as immigration is concerned, and Senator Kelly said after this announcement, you did this without
1: a plan. Yeah. They did it without a plan because they don't care. They don't care that it's going to hurt the country. That's by design. This isn't a bug, it's a feature, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the best way I can describe this. If you work in technology, you know that when things come up, you', oh, we have, we have to bug test that. We have to test for bugs, remove all the bugs. This is not a bug. This is not a mistake. This is a deliberate feature. Open borders, a border invasion, increases of 1,100% in one sector. It's not a bug. It is a feature. It is not unintended. It is intentional. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Democrats who they just named, um, Cortez Masto or Mark Kelly, whether they, and Kirsten Sinema, whether they are willing to do the right thing and go against their party. I mean, that seems to be just the hardest thing to do in Washington, D.C., regardless of what party you're in. We see it with conservatives how they promised to do all these things. Trump was elected. All of a sudden, they didn't want to do them anymore. Principle is hard to come by. There are some congressmen and some senators who are principled on both sides, on both sides. Like, I-, I can't stand Bernie Sanders. Never vote for him. I'll never be caught in the same room as Bernie Sanders. But he does have principles and he's stuck to those principles. As crazy as they are, he's stuck to the principles. Rest of his party, not so much. So what's we'll to say? We'll have to see what happens, but it's not good. As someone who lives in Texas, this terrifies the hell out of me because already we're seeing an influx of illegal immigration. I mean, it's been bad the entire time Biden's been in office, but now it's getting really bad because I live in the San Antonio area and that's kind of the first major city that you reach after the border where you have a major transportation hub, you have a a major airport, bus, bus terminals, things like that. It's getting, it's getting a little weird here. I highly recommend that you call your congressmen and senators. I, I say this time and time again. The reason you call is because they care. They're not gonna, it's not like, oh, they're going to send you a gift, ba- a gift basket. But they do care what their constituents think. And if you call them, if you email them, if you write them a letter, that will have an impact. It'll take time. I get that. But it'll have an impact because, as I said last week, for every one letter for every one email, for every one call that they get, they assume that there's between five and 10,000 people just like you at their home district who didn't bother to reach out. So if they get 100 calls and emails on an issue, they assume that between fifty and 100,000 people back home care about it. It's important. You'd be surprised at how easy it is to kill pieces of legislation with just a few dozen calls or emails from people in their district. So I highly recommend, I encourage you, I implore you to reach out to your congressmen and senators. Put pressure on them over this because it's not sexy. I, I, I get it. I get it. People seeing that I'm talking about 42 US code, section two sixty five, not exactly the sexiest topic. I get that. But this is catastrophic. If there's anything you should be reaching out to your congressmen and senators about this week, this would be it. So I I highly encourage you to do so. That's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition. That is, uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, an iPad, a MacBook, please do leave us a five-star review so we can climb up in the ranking, reach more people, and grow the show. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podbean. Check us out. All their links are in the description. Um, We now are going to be going live at 1 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, so tune in for that. There might be some days where I have to pre-record, but it happens, things come up, but I will pre-record and I will publish those videos as videos to launch at 1 p.m. Eastern on those days. So I I promise I will do my best to make sure that these shows go live on time, um, because your time is valuable. I get that. I don't want to waste your time. I appreciate everyone giving me your time. I, I appreciate that you feel I've earned your time, and I want to be respectful to that, and give you the information you need in the most efficient manner possible. If you want to support the show, gonna be announcing tomorrow. Gotta to figure out how to set it up, but either tomorrow or Wednesday, my book is going to be available for pre-sale pre-orders. Um, it's gonna be available on Amazon. It's gonna be available in in brick-and-mortar bookstores, and I'm going to order a bunch of copies myself to sign and send out to people. Um, All three of those processes are going to have different timeframes. If you want to order it on Amazon, that should be available this week. The book title is The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. It goes through the Second Amendment and Second Amendment court cases, laws, regulations, executive orders, gives you everything you need, and then goes point by point through all the major gun control arguments that Democrats make and give you the strategies and the facts that you need to dismantle them. So I envision this will be a series. I want to do a bunch of books on this. So if you want to support me, support the show and learn a little bit about what's always been floating up here, <laughs> pick up my book that'll be available for pre-sale this week. Um, also, if you want to support our sponsor, PrepSOS, PrepSOS.com, um, there's a link in the description if you want to use it or you can just go to PrepSOS.com and use promo code MAX to get 5% off prep SOS. uh, They focus on survival equipment. So survival food, water purification, things like that. It's going to get a little froggy. I mean, we we, we see what's happening. Food prices are going way up. The same is true for survival food. So if you have, if you have dried survival food, God forbid you have some MREs (laughs) that are starting to get close to their expiration date. I'd recommend eating them and ordering more food because already we're seeing some of the, um, some of the, the timetables for this food being delivered, five to nine weeks. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get more expensive. So if you have a store of food that's it's going to be expiring maybe a year or two, eat it, go to PrepSOS, order more, and use promo code MAX to get 5% off. Not only will you be stocking up for you and your family, but you also be supporting the show because we do get small commission on all of those orders. Again, that's promo code MAX at Prepsos.com. Well, that's going to be it for this th- the show of this episode of the Max McGuire show. Um, thank you all for watching. Remember everyone that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. See you tomorrow.